All right, Refuting Calvinism YouTube channel back with you today. Haven't done a new video for a while now. Uh, reason being that my wife just had our fourth child, uh, baby boy named Elijah James. Very happy about that. Been very busy adjusting to having a newborn baby in the house once again. Uh, but something miraculous happened. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, at least Calvinists wouldn't believe it anyway. Uh, before my baby was born, I prayed to God that he wouldn't be born a sinner. And I've done this for most of my children. And wouldn't you know it, God answered my prayer. He wasn't born a sinner. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, but this video will be, be concerning uh, something I hear uh, just about on every video uh, from a Calvinist or two, or even from non-Calvinists regarding Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, I touched on this in the Sinful Nature Live video and by the way, you can watch that video right right here, right there. Uh, I, I'd encourage you to take a watch of that video um, to see why this sinful nature idea is a lie from the devil. And it's, I think it's a pretty good, it's, it hasn't been refuted yet. I have a lot of people making assertions in that video, but they can't refute the logic and the scriptural evidence in that video that I think. So anyway, Ephesians chapter 2 we're going to discuss uh, this mention of nature in this video, by nature, children of wrath. And we're also going to look at other verses that I touched on in the Sinful Nature Live, like Romans chapter 2, uh, Galatians chapter 2, even Romans 1, which I didn't touch on in that video. And I'm really going to discuss this. I, I see Calvinists and non-Calvinists using Ephesians 2 quite often, and it makes me wonder if they actually really read it. Or if they just go, with, go to this verse, or these verses, with a bias and read what they want to read into it. So I'm going to read it to you today, and then I want to take a look at it and compare it with other verses, and look at this Greek word, uh, I think it's phusis, which is translated as nature, and see what it means and what it can mean, and comparing with other verses, what it is, and to show you that it does have several, or can have several different meanings depending on the context. Okay, so let's just, let's just read Ephesians chapter 2 and, and see what it says. I'll start in verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Before I get into this nature issue, I want to touch on one thing in verse 1 that I'm not really going to go into depth on this video. This issue of, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now Calvinists, all the time it seems, will take a definition of a word, their own personal definition of the word that fits their theology, and impose it upon a word they see in scripture like dead or made alive. And uh, they don't get their definitions for these words from the scripture. They get their definitions with, from without of the scripture and impose it upon the scripture. Or they'll get it from something like uh, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the tomb. And they'll say, well, Lazarus, you know, he, he was dead. He couldn't respond. But they're comparing physical death to spiritual death here, which are two totally different things. And uh, being made alive. I think that's regeneration. That's monergistic regeneration. That must happen for someone to have repentance and faith. But that's not what it says. They're imposing it upon them. Once again, I'm going to say that for a new video, and probably for a whole series, I'm going to call uh, Calvinist Confusion. Where Calvinists are confused when it comes to defining words properly. 
And um, so I'll probably have save a whole series for different words they define improperly, not according to scriptural definition, not, not interpreting or uh, defining words according to scripture, but defining words uh, arbitrarily and imposing it upon the, the verse itself and upon the words themselves. But getting back to this uh, Ephesians 2, 3, so let me just read to you here. It says, And were by nature children of wrath. Now look, it says in verse 2, it says, You once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power there. I was talking about the devil there. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So they once walked. Now walk just simply means that they're, they're living this way. They're living a life of sin. Now notice it doesn't say in which they were born. It doesn't say they were born that way. Uh, so you can't impose that upon a scripture. In fact, I would just tell you that this, once again, with most of these proof texts people use for original sin or sinful nature, mentions nothing about Adam, Eve, the fall of mankind. Um, doesn't mention anything about babies. It doesn't mention children of wrath. But children of wrath doesn't mean that they're they, while they were children, they were children of wrath. It simply just means that they were they were uh, children of this wrathful lifestyle. It's like we're children of God. I'm a child of God, but I'm not a child. I'm an adult. I'm a man. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily mean children of wrath doesn't mean that they're born that way. Uh, but notice it says here, among whom we also once conducted ourselves. So they walked this way. They conducted themselves this way in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And this is a key word here, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So Paul is referring here to Christians who once walked this way, who once conducted themselves this way, talking about the way they lived their lives. Not talking about something within them that's making them do these things. It's simply saying that they once walked this way. They once conducted themselves with me. It's, it's involving the will here. Um, and were, by nature, children of wrath. So, if, the, if we're going to say that nature here means the way they were born, they're born with a sinful nature, born sinners, then it means when they became born again, all of that reversed. It would mean they no longer have a sinful nature. But I have yet to meet one person who believes that people once had a sinful nature or they're born with a sinful nature and now when they become born again they no longer have this sinful nature any remnants of it whatsoever it says they were by nature children of wrath so their nature i mean i understand that the divine nature is imparted to us and we get the holy spirit but this say they were by nature children of wrath means they no longer have a sinful nature but every Calvinist I've ever talked to or met, they always say that we have to sin every day, we can't stop sinning until we die, we get our glorified body, because we have this body that's this body of, of, of death, and we, we have to sin. We just, we're just destined to sin every single day. Even multiple, multiple times every single day. We can't stop sinning. We can't go 20 minutes without sinning. We can't go a whole hour or a whole day without sinning, or a whole week or a month without sinning, which I find quite absurd, since I believe we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So were, by nature, children of wrath. Were. Uh, so Calvinists, if you're going to say that this nature here means uh, that you're born this way with a sinful nature, you have to say that once you're born again, you no longer have a sinful nature. And now you have sinless perfection. You have to be obedient now. You have no, no nature that's making you sin or causing you to sin or tempting you to sin. Um, so that, I don't think it's, so even from the Calvinist point of view, that, that doesn't make any sense. But I think what it's talking about here, it's talking about nature in the sense of, of our developed character, um, the content of our character. And that's why it says 
you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. So these are things someone who is a child of wrath is doing. So if you're doing these things, you're a child of wrath, whether you call yourself a Christian or not. So it's talking about a past, the past character of the current Christians that Paul is addressing in this letter to the church of Ephesus. So that's what I believe. And if you go to the, the Greek dictionary here, uh, we can see that the Greek word here, which is uh, fusis, it simply it has several different diction, uh, uh, definitions here. Now, the first definition, and I'm looking at the BDAG dictionary, uh, which my Greek professor back when I was in college told me was the best dictionary around because it uses all the literature from that period of time when the Koine Greek was around and takes a fuller definition of the word. So I have four definitions here that fusions can be, but we're only going to be dealing with two today. The first one is condition or circumstance as determined by birth Natural endowment, condition, nature. That's what. That's one definition. So it can mean that. But the question is, does this in context mean that? And as we already see, it can't possibly mean that unless you're going to get rid of, rid of the sinful nature when you when you become born again. The second definition, which is what I believe we're dealing with here, is the natural character of an entity, natural characteristic or disposition. So the people who've developed a life of sin by the way they've walked, the way they've conducted themselves, sin now becomes natural to them till it almost becomes second nature to sin. I know when I was an unbeliever, I was a non-Christian, I became a Christian at 19, that I, sin became natural to me. When I first started sinning, my conscience bothered me, uh, I knew it was wrong, but then when I started sinning, I did it over and over again, the, the, the conscience that was bothering me, my conscience became seared, corrupted, defiled, uh, and it didn't bother me as, as much. So it became natural to me to do what my body told me was unnatural from the beginning. So these are people who are children of wrath. They've taught themselves to sin. They've learned to sin. Sin's become a habit in their life. And now it's natural to them. Well, let's look at two other verses here uh, that talk about, use this word fusus, which I can believe can back up my uh, use of fusus here in Ephesians 2.3 to show you that fusis does not always mean uh, the way you're born. The first definition I gave a few minutes ago, the way you're born, uh, what's determined by your birth, it doesn't always mean that. Uh, Romans chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 12. For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. Well, I believe nature here, fusus, is talking about how we are born. Because when it says right here, it says conscience, it talks about the conscience, what I believe is given to you by God at birth, showing the work of the law written in their hearts. And, and Gentiles who don't have the law, according to Romans 2.14, 
by nature do the things in the law. So Gentiles obeying the law by nature. Well, if nature always means the way you're born, then Gentiles by nature do things uh, that are lawful. They choose not to sin by nature. And we show them from verse 15, it's talking about the way they're born here, because they, they have a conscience, they have the work of the law written on their hearts. Uh, so this does, Fufusus here, I believe, does mean the first definition of how you're born, uh, determined by how you're born. So here it would talk about, in my mind, uh, the way you're born. Not talking about some development over time, it's talking about how you are born. So, uh, and let's just turn back uh, to Romans chapter 1. And let's do one more verse here that uses the word nature. Okay, so Romans 1.26 says, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their woman exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So it's talking about homosexuality. First it talks about lesbianism in verse 26, and then verse 27, male homosexuality. And they leave the natural use for what is against nature. And I believe it's talking about the way we're born here. Homosexuality is against nature. Male was not made to be with male. Female not made to be with female. And that's one of the reasons that they sinned. Uh, it's a corruption of our nature, the way we're born, the way our bodies are biologically made. Um, the, the, I'm not going oh, to get into details about this. I don't want to be too graphic. But male was not made to be with male, female not made to be with female. So we've got a Greek word here, fusis, again, uh, what, for what is against nature. So it's against nature to, for a woman to be with women. But if our nature is, we're born with a sinful nature then why would lesbianism be wrong? If it's talking about the way we're born, and it's, and it's talking about a sin, and, and nature always means sinful nature, that we're born with a sinful nature, then how can lesbianism or homose male homosexuality be against nature? Once again, I think it's talking about the order of the, of the design that God's given us here, the way we're born, the order that God's given us, uh, that male is not meant to be with male, male is meant to be with female. And that's why only male and female can procreate. Okay, well, let's look at one more verse, at least, about this nature. Galatians chapter 2. To just kind of show you the variety of how this word fusis can be used in God's word. Galatians chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 11 to get the context here. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I would stood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. Before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. When I saw they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles, and not as the Jews... Why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. And I'll stop right there. Um, Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. So he's comparing Jews 
and Gentiles. Uh, people who are not sinners by nature and people who are sinners by nature, according to the verse. So, if Jews are not sinners by nature and Gentiles are sinners by nature, and the word nature always means the way you're born, then how do the how do the uh, the Jews here get out of having a sinful nature? How do they get out of that? Uh, did they have some kind of more clean uh, lineage where somewhere along the line God took a sinful nature maybe away from one of Seth's descendants and then later on Israel because they were on a purer line didn't have a sinful nature? It says Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. So Gentiles are born sinners. If we're going to use the right definition according to Calvinism here, Gentiles are born sinners, but Jews are not. But what I think this is talking about here, I think it's talking about the same thing I think Ephesians 2.3 is talking about. This issue of learning character. Jews are raised under the fear of God, under the Torah, uh, taught the word of God. Uh, um, from the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, you teach them as you go about, you write it on the doorpost of your house, uh, as you're sitting down, as you're standing up, as you're walking along, you're teaching them the law of God. And because you're teaching the law of God, they're going to naturally obey the law of God. And that's why the Jewish nation, um, for the most part, was less sinful than nations around, like Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you know, so we who are Jews by nature and not sinners are Gentiles. So Gentiles worship pagan gods, don't have the Jewish God, aren't taught the law of God, don't have the law of God, uh, obviously are going to not obey the law of God. Uh, but, but even go back to Romans 2. Uh, there are some Gentiles who, by nature, do things in the law. Uh, so not all of them are, are going off into uh, reprobation and, and uh, you know, just more and more rebellion. So we have here, once again, uh, the word fusis used in a different way. I believe used in the same way as Ephesians 2.3. Jews by nature and not sinners of Gentiles. So... Uh, it can't be talking about the way they're born here because according to Calvinism, we're all born sinners. We all have this sinful nature we're born with. So the comparison here, obviously, uh, I don't think it's talking about Gentiles being born sinners and Jews not being born sinners. I think it's talking about, it's not even addressing the way they're born. It's simply addressing their conduct of life, the way they're walking in life, just like Ephesians 2.3 is talking about. So, once again, these verses, Ephesians 2.3 and Ephesians 2, doesn't back up the sinful nature idea. does not back up the fact that Calvinists and even non-Calvinists believe we're born sinners. It's simply, it's simply saying that the way we walk, the way we conducted our lives, the way we lived, uh, we developed a habit of sinfulness, and therefore sin became natural to us. Uh, we once walked according to the lust of the flesh and the, prin the prince of the power of, the, uh, of this world. That's the way we used to walk. But now we're not that way anymore. It's not when we become a Christian, our conscience is cleansed. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, and now uh, it's almost like our conscience is back to the beginning. It's been a cleansed conscience, and now that we have a Holy Spirit inside us, like it's having a super conscience. So now we abhor sin, and we hate sin, we despise sin, and uh, we don't want to live in it. Of course, Christians can turn back and go back to their sin. I do believe that they can sear the conscience again and grieve the Holy Spirit. That's a different video for a different time. So anyway, I hope hopefully you'll see the truth that's found uh, in these verses here. It's not saying what Calvinists and even some non-Calvinists are saying. It's saying, it's simply saying we used to walk this way, we used to conduct ourselves this way. It's not saying we're born sinners or we are born with a sinful nature. It's simply talking about the conduct of living that sinners have in their life. And it's by their own free will. No one forced them to be this way. No one 
made them be this way, they're not born this way, they simply have chosen to be this way. Well, that's, a, that's the video for now. Uh, I have some more videos coming up soon. Be looking out for them. Probably do about one a week coming up if I can possibly get to it with a new baby and everything like that. And uh, hopefully you learn from this or edified by this. Uh, until next time, uh, God bless you.